Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Calmel, a Mandalorian explosives expert and Jedi apprentice struggling to learn how to move a cup with the Force. With me once again, back from a long absence on the show while he was meditating on the universe, uh, is my good friend and 40K mentor, my Jedi master and the founder of Vanguard Tactics. He's the Ahsoka Tano to my Sabine Wren, here to help me bring balance back to the Force, Mr. Steven Box. Steve, how's it going? Oh, hello, young Padawan. <laughs> Th- that's as much as you're going to get from me on Star Wars, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I was I was just going to roll with it and just not mention that, that I know that that's as much as you know about Star Wars, but that's okay. That's all I got, buddy. I got surface level stuff. Yeah. That's okay. Hey, you know what? It's that's It's enough. It's mm. enough for, for our purposes here. So um, what is not enough, according to some people in the community, Death Guard, uh, is the balanced data slate that just came out, which we are going to talk all about today, as well as the um, the points updates and the Munitorum field manual. And we're even going to touch on the rules commentary that got updated. So we're just going to talk about all the new stuff um, that has just created a whole new world for competitive 40K. A whole new world. <laughs> you know... <laughs> You know, that's exactly what uh, Sam Rowland said when I when I texted him. I, I said, it. you know, I put that in the in our group chat the other day and I said, hey, dude, it's a it, I think it's a whole new world with this. And he made some he quoted like the next line in the song. It's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, before we get into that, let's uh, take a quick stop uh, for uh, the outpost. The competitive 40K podcast is proudly supported by the outpost, your friendly local gaming store with the most helpful and friendliest of staff. After visiting the Outpost, I was taken aback by the whole host of products available in-store and online. With awesome discounts, gaming tables, and a huge range of terrain for different game systems, the Outpost is certainly a great place to hang out and hobby. Check out www.the-outpost.co.uk or go and visit them in-store. All right, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review if you would be so kind. Uh, don't forget to also follow us on Instagram. Steve's on there at, at the Vanguard Tactics. I'm on there at, at Infantry Lawyer 40K. Uh, and with that, let's talk about some data slate. Let's do it, Dave. We'll start with the data slate proper, and then we'll get into the the points on all that later. First and foremost, devastating wounds. Yeah. So I th- hit me. I think with first of all, I just want to say before we go any further, Games Workshop. Thank you so much for bringing this out. Just yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And although I may not agree on 100% of the changes, I am thoroughly appreciative and grateful, and I am excited to go to tournaments again. So for that, thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's dive in to the changes yeah, and you know our opinions and our hot takes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I agree completely. The... Like the last month or so of competitive play was just such a dark time. Everybody was, and it was just, even online, it's so much whining, complaining, oh, the 10th sucks. I don't want to play 10th. This is literally, like you said, I agree. There's a few changes. They could have gone more on some. They could have gone a little less on others. But it's a a balancing act for them. And so what they did, I think, overall works really well. So, yeah, let's get into it. So first and foremost... Devastating wounds it no longer causes mortal wounds. Yeah, so the most important thing to take away, hopefully, from this show today is the impact that it's going to have on your armies. 
And we can discuss these at length around, you know, the actual impact, because that's the most important thing. You know, we could just do a podcast, read out what's been said, but let's not insult you. You can probably understand what's happening with the balance debt slate yourselves. But if we can give you some impactful things in the way that our opinions might help shape change or help you change your lists to accommodate into the new meta. So obviously now with Devastating Wounds, this is effectively just going to ignore all types of armor and invulnerable saves. So therefore, Feel No Pains will still trigger, but they are no longer classified as a mortal wound, so the damage will not spill over, okay? So for example, a, a Wraith Knight, which let's be honest, is one of the biggest uh, perpetrators. Is that the right word, Dave? Perpetrators? I'm mean, really trying to work on my vocabulary yeah. late. Yeah? Yeah. No, it, it is one of the great perpetrators, one of the great offenders of uh, of early 10th edition. Yeah, and they definitely were offenders of the use of devastating wounds. Yeah, so what would happen is I think it's 2d6 damage. You would yeah, roll a 6 to wound. It you know, is a critical wound. It turns into devastating, but then all that everything you roll then on those two dice is now mortal wounds. So you could roll, you know, like a 5 and a 4 or whatever, you know, nine damage. And all of a sudden you could just completely, utterly wipe out, you know, like a unit of 10 Sisters of Battle, for example. Okay. Leaving it with one model left, which is pretty disgusting when the Rave Cannon is just meant to be designed as a, oh, you've got a nasty vehicle over there. I'm going to shoot this and it's going to hurt you. So when we look at Devastating Wounds now, the weapons should feel as they were originally intended to be used. So a Wraith Cannon on a Wraith Knight, if you are a vehicle, it is going to sting. Like that is still 12 damage. And unless you've got a Feel No Pain, there's going to be no saves for it. Whereas a unit is going to be much safer. Sure, my Sisters of Battle, I'll lose one model rather than nine. Which is great because now what this means is that people are going to have to think very, very carefully about the unit roles that they're putting into their army and having enough tools in the toolbox to deal with all the different types of varieties of units that are out there, whether they're, you know, big monsters and vehicles like knights, whether they're like light vehicles like land speeders and rhinos, or whether they are elite infantry like custodes or down to space marines and then right the way down to the bottom level of, you know, toughness three, squishy, one wound grots, whatever they are, right? So we've got like a cascading scale there. And now you need to pick weaponary appropriate for each of those. And you need to make sure in your army list that you've got, you know, like a good chunk of percentage of your force that's able to deal with different things in different phases of the game to make sure that you can compete. So one of the biggest losers of this change isn't just the uh, armies that can dish out devastating wounds. It's those armies that have abilities to, um, you know, ignore them as well because they're immortal. So things like, um, is it like the librarian or the chaplain or some, one of those types of characters? has a rule yeah. that basically allows you a four plus fill no pain against mortal wounds, right? Yeah. Not to mention the entire custodies um, shield host detachment rule. Well, I was going to come on to that. Yeah. So those, those rules in themselves are going to be less valuable because the only other types of mortal wounds are in the game that you can actually use these things against. are going to be like the grenade stratagem, a vehicle exploding. Uh, Atalan Jackals, when they run at you and they try and bomb you because they've finished a move. Um, Assault Marines, when they finish a charge, they can do. And there's some other outer sequence, like end of the charge phase, you take some mortals, so on and so forth. So those are the armies now that, you know, is going to be massively impactful. So if we take a look at Custodes, Dave, 
And I can imagine a lot of the custodies community feels, you know, like, oh, hang on a minute, our army rule doesn't really work that much. There's still plenty of mortal wounds. Yeah, but really, if we think about the change to devastating wounds now, it will be those with devastating wounds, they were typically one or another. They were like massive and massive amounts of damage, like 2d6 damage, or they were single damage, like, um, for example, striking scorpions. Yeah, they do a single mortal wound, which is one damage. So if we look at that, then against a Wraith Knight that could roll a nine, for example, or a 10, whatever, then they would save 50% of those on average. If you're me, probably slightly under average, but anyway. Um, so you could possibly, if a Wraith Knight shoots a unit of custodies, you get your four ups and you're probably going to lose one to two models. Definitely one, maybe two, and you might even, more damage might even spill over onto the next one, okay? Here's the difference now, is you're only going to lose one model. So that one model's definitely dead, but it's not going to kill the second or the third model now. So you're actually yeah. more survivable if you take more infantry. Whereas custody vehicles, yeah, you're absolutely screwed. Like that, that. They're just dead, right? You know, if you get hit by yeah. a 2D6, you ain't got no feel, no pain now. Like, that is going to hurt like it's never hurt before. So custody vehicles, those builds, the Dreadnoughts, whatever else has the rules. Yeah, the, the Caladius tanks and all those, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are in a bit of trouble now. Okay, so that's one thing to consider. So yeah, maybe more infantry builds are going to be up, but then obviously your vehicle builds might be down. However, you've got to think about the reverse mentality of this. And when you think about an Eldar player now, are they going to take a Wraith Knight? Well, sure, it's still good at killing other vehicles, but they have other things in the armies that probably do it more efficiently. Okay. So actually, yeah. has the change now disincentivized those players that had access to mass devastating wounds to not need it in so much and not rely on it as a crutch? Okay. So therefore, if there's less devastating wounds in the game, it's still a net benefit for custody players. However, you know, when mortal wounds do come up out of sequence, like the Grey Knight Librarian or whatever shoots you and smites you, or whatever, sure, you're going to have a better save against, you know, some mortal wounds if that's what it causes. Okay. So, so I think we'll see how it shakes out. Um, but overall, I think it should be slightly less lethal now, even for custodies. Although, Yes, your army rule is going to feel a lot less impactful, but the change is still having a net positive across the game. And I think also your army as well. Just limit the vehicles is my message on that. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, when, when we were at Lone Star, one of my games was into Space Marines and there was a guy with uh, a, term, a five-man Terminator squad in the middle of the board. I shot a, a railgun for my hammerhead at his Terminator. I'd killed, managed to, to pick off two others. He had a squad of three guys left. I fired my railgun, got my devastating wounds, rolled enough damage, picked up all three Terminators. That didn't feel good for him or me. Now you so, can one. Yeah. Now I just would have just blown the one Terminator straight off the table and that's it. Yeah. Call it a day. Yeah. Which is exactly what a railgun should do. It is not an explosive weapon. It's not supposed to, you know, pulse out and kill a bunch of other stuff around it. So, you know. But it should be if you're a knight and you're on the other side of the table and they're like, ah, they brought a hammerhead. Yeah, like, right. Like the old, they've got a cave troll. It, it should be that yeah, moment. I have concerns. They have a hammerhead. Lads, 
Let's get rid of it quickly because this is going to be a problem. So, and that's exactly the purpose of it to in- encourage list diversity. So you've got a range of weaponry in your army. So anyway, I think that's my hot take on devastating wounds. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's a good change. Uh, all right. Then the next one was subject of a fair amount of conversation. Um, modifying a stratagem CP cost. We've, we've already had previously had discussions about the, the, the Calidus and, and similar Vect like abilities that we're modifying the, but we already had that straightened out, but now we've got to change to things like the rights of battle for the space ring captain. Yeah. So this will only now affect if you see any type of rule that allows you to increase the cost or decrease the cost, like your Vect, your Calidus assassin or rights of battle. This now means you can only ever use this ability on a battle tactic stratagem. So if you look at your stratagems, it's, it's good to be a good job to make a note of all the stratagems that are battle tactics for your army. Um, and then when you're playing your opponent as well, just have a quick look at their battle tactics as well so that they're also aware of the stratagems. Now, I believe there are two core stratagems that are still battle tactics. One of them is the CP reroll and the other one is go to ground. Go to ground is rarely used in CP reroll. Sure, have a CP reroll for free. It's not going to break the game, hopefully. Um, now, the great thing about this is not only is it the modification, but it's also what those things can also be used on. So now this means that we can't, for example, use a stratagem that's already been done again, like, for example, Overwatch. So we're only going to see Overwatch being used once per turn. Thank the Emperor. Oh, thank the thank Emperor. the dear sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, mm. that was um, yeah, that was that was a problem getting overwatched repeatedly, repeatedly, and repeatedly. And we're seeing the effects of this because we're also now giving Games Workshop the ability to change the most game-breaking stratagems into other categories, so that they can monitor and assess which stratagems are being abused for free and which stratagems should be, hey, you need to spend resources on this. You can't just have this for free. And, and that's great. That's a nice balancing leveler for the future. And it gives Games Workshop the flexibility to move stratagems from one category to another. And we're going to go on to some of those later. So what does this mean for you? Well, if you've got those abilities, sure, they're still really, really good. Um, and you're just going to be a little bit more selective to make sure that the units that you're putting these into now they're going to have a lot more of a role intended for them to use that stratagem on. So you're going to consider, where do I want my captain with rights of battle? You know, is it armor of contempt? Because that's a battle tactic, I believe. You know, do I want that on my terminators? Who's going to get a lot more use out of that rather than another unit because I could grenade stratagem for a second time or whatever. So now we're going to have to be a lot more purposeful about these abilities. Yes, they're still strong. However, on the other hand, the rules that make stratagems cost more i think are a lot less effective because not only is it reactionary but they're own they're also reactionary to such fewer amount of stratagems which is why some of those abilities have also come down in cost as well like the calidus assassin you'll see has had a points drop because its effectiveness has also been decreased yeah and i mean it wouldn't make sense to i mean and we'll get to overwatch in just a second because the overwatch stratagem has been heavily modified now but it would be unfair to also then be able to put a put a vector a Calidus assassin on it as well so that's i think it's a this is again where there was a balance of they you can't keep doing overwatch more than one time in a turn but also you can't 
vected anymore either. So it again, yeah. it's a balancing act. And so I think it was reasonable what they did. It has to work both ways, yeah. Yeah. Next. So next, um, and we've covered, basically covered uh, the third bold point on the balance data slate is stratagems that can be used more than once per phase return. Again, that that only applies to the battle tactic stratagems. Yeah. So this brings us directly to Overwatch itself as a strat. And there's two red sen- two sentences that have been added in, in 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 red in the data slate, and makes it nice and clear. First one is if that unit is visible to your unit, so no more indirect fire overwatch and you cannot target a titanic unit with overwatch yeah very strong i like it yeah i love the visibility thing okay yeah this also isn't the most clearest of wording of a stratagem and overwatch is a rule that a lot of people are playing incorrectly okay and i'm gonna have to go into this in a a lot of detail to with page references and this, that, and the other. So the first and foremost is, yes, this is an amazing change for um, visibility. That I think that's essential. It, it's driven by the narrative of the game um, because otherwise I think it starts to break immersion a little bit. Now, with Titans and Titanic units, there was one particular Titanic unit that abused this heavily, and that was the Crusader because it had sustained hits. So obviously it stays still, it gets sustained hits every six, that is successful. Um, successful, I said, not on any other words that I nearly said. Successful. Right. Um, so um, successful. Then It's early on a Saturday, you know. We're, and it we're is going so hot here. It is so hot here. So, you know, if you're getting like 18 shots, that's three successful hits, that's going to then duplicate into six. And you could literally wipe out a small MSU unit for free, basically, for, or for one CP. So I think that's good. Now, it could have been changed to increase the cost by one. I don't know. Um, and I think maybe some, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. If we suddenly see like Titans are having a massive, massive drop, like especially Imperial Knights or Chaos Knights then maybe it needs to be you know, tweaked or something. But I think for now, let's see how it shakes out and hopefully the percentage of win rates stay in the 45 to 55 for Imperial and Chaos Knights and it doesn't affect them too much. Okay. The only thing I could think of that kind of frustrated me about the Titanic change was the fact that my Storm Surge, which I know I'm like one of three people that takes them to, to tournaments, but my Storm Surge has a, a couple of guns on it that are clearly meant to be point defense, like Overwatchy type guns and can't use that. But that's more of a, again, that's an immersion narrative thing. I'll, I'll get over it and I'll be fine. I'm, I don't need to start a whole subreddit about it. Hey, so, Dave, for the greater good of the game, it's probably for the best. That's right. The greater it good. It probably is. Absolutely. The greater good. Absolutely. All right. Uh, which, speaking of stress. I see those tears, Dave. I see those tears. Oh, they're just pouring out. They're big anime style tears, too. It's awful. Um, all right. So this next, uh, the next uh, strategy we're going to talk about is insane bravery. Hmm. And yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't had really had a need to take this to use this strat yet, but I haven't played into Tyranids yet because I know they cause the most battle shock. So, I mean, you, you let me know what the, you know, if the why, how much this was really necessary. But yeah, the but the the biggest change is one, you can only use this stratagem now once per battle, and um, you now have to use it before you take a battle shock test. I know before it was when you failed a battle shock test, so now you got to predict it and just like all right i don't even want to roll the dice i want to risk it i'm gonna to have to auto pass this one 
That I love. I absolutely agree with that. I think otherwise uh, Battleshock is irrelevant in a lot of instances. Um, I think the once per game might be too far, but we'll see how it shakes out. Um, you know, I think if you're playing into Chaos Knights or Tyranids, it's going to feel really, really rough if you're a low leadership army. That being said, we'll see what the data points say. Um, and obviously we've seen this over ninth edition, things come in, things come out of balanced data slates to help balance the game. So, you know, Games Workshop have made two little changes here. Maybe one could have been enough. We'll see as time goes on. But I think for the whole, I love the idea of this. This objective I have to hold. I'm not going to risk rolling. I'm going to spend it. Um, so I think that's a, uh, a really, really good change to the game. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I was thinking that the once per battle thing was good because otherwise, if you could just keep reusing it, it would effectively eliminate a lot of what armies like Tyranids and Chaos Knights can do because they're so intrinsically built around being able to cause Battleshock tests. And if you can just repeatedly save your CP and, and step around their entire army function, yeah, that takes a lot of the fun out of playing those, those factions. So. It does mean, though, if they are doing it every turn, remember, then they ain't using any other stratagems. That's true. Unless you've got some ability to, like, generate extra CP. Yeah. You know, which is few and far between. Mm. So, yeah, fair. Okay. Um, and then we have a huge change to Ruins, Visibility. Um, basically, you can go into more detail on this, but the short version is for people that, that don't want to, you know, TLDR too long, don't want to read. Um, basically, we've gone back to ninth edition obscuring terrain, but only for towering units. Yeah. So, for example, all terrain is obscuring, regardless of the height. Um, I think it's got to be like over three inches or something to be a ruin. Yeah. Anything classified as a ruin is permanently tall, and all the windows essentially account as uh, being blocked out while you're behind it. Now, um, the thing that knights could do before was they could ignore that rule, so they could just shoot you. Okay, if they could see you, they could shoot you. And now this means that they can't do that anymore. What they can do, though, is they can touch the terrain piece that is closest to them. Now, they don't need to be wholly within it or wholly on it anymore, which is the normal rules for a normal monster or vehicle in order to unlock it. They can just tow onto it. So a little bit of their base touches the terrain. That piece is now open, but it's not going to unlock the terrain feature that your models are hiding behind in your deployment zone, um, you know, trying to cower and cover an objective and, you know, which is great. So yeah, aircraft can now still, um, you know, ignore it all. Cool. That's a little bonus for them on the plus side for knights, because I think a lot of people are going to be pretty gutted by this. All of a sudden, all of your knights now can be obscured, which means those combat knights, the ones that we've all wanted to take, but shooting is just better. And the towering rule has just been a detriment because you can be shot no matter where you're stood on the table, no matter what ruin you're behind, you can be shot because you're a knight. Now that's not true. So I really hope we see a little bit more diversity in knights lists. I want to see the knights with the, you know, the carnivores and the, yeah, the big fists in the big chain. I'm on about the huge knights uh, because, oh, now, okay. because they're Titanic and have the towering keyword, they can now be. Uh, actually hidden, whereas the carnivores still could because they don't have the towering keyword. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's the yeah. big guy. I just, I, yeah, I, I just haven't seen any chaos knight list. Like every time I see knights at an event in the last couple months, it's always been imperial knights. Like yeah. chaos knights just sort of were on the shelf, hanging yeah. out. 
Might be like the Rampager, so, potentially, I think the name might be. But yeah, that's what we want to see is more combat knights on the table. And they're certainly going to have play, which is great. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. And that, so that covers all of the core rules modifications from the data slate. Now we can get into the faction specific uh, modifications. If necessary, we'll pause here so you can get a Kleenex box. Ladies and gentlemen, go ahead, do what you got to do. We'll count to three. All right, so first and foremost for Custodes, we got the Unwavering Sentinels Stratagem, which is changed to Epic Deed. I don't know what it was before. Okay, so um, it was a battle tactic before. Oh, okay. And this is the stratagem that allowed you to fight first. I think, like... Oh, okay, okay. I think you had... To I, I never bit. had to worry about that, because, you know, I wasn't playing combat armor yet in 10th, so... Who was? Uh, that's, that's true. Because I mean, of this stratagem? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was one of the single most stratagems in the game, along with Overwatch, that was massively impacting combat. And we haven't seen many combat units being taken on the table. All we've seen is guns. So we've just been in a shooting meta for the first you know, part of 10th edition. And I'm really glad to see this change because custodies, yes, yeah, sure, they're fast, but they're not that fast. They're not like elder harlequin dark elder fast are they they're not like narratively that quick they're fast but they're not that good right they're not even blood angel fast well don't know about that but you know they're they're, you know i think the fight first rule is great on those little squishy units cool let five howling banshees have a quick stab cut you a little bit maybe kill a model before they swing right but you could not this meant that you could have two units completely utterly unchargeable so if you're a world eaters player you look at custodes and you go nah i'm just not going to charge because i can't so then all of a sudden world eaters players if they know they're going to a tournament they're like well now i've got to take all these weird guns and my army's not really playing like they want it to play right um right so it's great to see this change. Sure, custodies can do it, but they've got to pay resources and it's in one place, not two. So it means you can play around it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other change was the custodian, custodian guard, custodian wardens, and the Virtus Praetors, the bikes, um, all got their unit sizes changed. They're basically all the um, guard and wardens are now limited to models of four to five unit size. And the bikes have are limited two to three. Yeah, they were what two to four before, right? Or two to six? They might have up to six. I think they were up to six. But anyway, they're two to three. They're side. They they're it's two bikes or three bikes now in the for the unit size. Yeah. So just stops uh, them having those really big bricks. The one time I played Custodes at at uh, LSO, actually, um, there were a couple of ten man warden bricks that there was no way I could do anything at all against, and they just stomped their way through my army yeah yeah so, it's, i think that was the one match i got tabled it's the one you know they now look, you can build them as they come in the box basically um so it makes a little bit more sense custodes should feel like and you know when you listen to the law it might be like oh they deployed a custody it's like what he could cover the world and kill everything like that's the right you know, seeing massive, massive 10 man units doesn't really feel how custodies feel. To be honest, like, agreed. I would, I would love custodies to be on another level, right? Where 
if you played custodes and this would be like i'm real pipe dreaming here right but imagine if every single custody had the same rules as like trajan valorus okay but you only had like six models that was your army because that would be probably more law representative of an entire right. army of custodes it's just like four to six dudes okay but they're all insane right but we'd need to increase the stats and go crazy with it all um and people have yeah. got, people have got a custodes force would be like oh but what about all my other models you know um yeah <laughs> yeah it's already funny that somebody rolls up i mean that's the whole reason you took them to lvo two years ago uh or last year was because they fit in a lunchbox they all fit yeah they fit in a lunchbox yeah so yeah. it would get even worse but yeah reading in the lore i just finished the the dark imperium trilogy where the custodies were doing almost as much as Gilliman. Yeah. In combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and it's crazy, right? So anyway, um I am glad to see the change. Um, I think it'll help custody players have a little bit more of a dynamic playstyle. Um, they'll have to consider other units than just feel like, oh well, I've got to take two units of ten guardian because that's just great. And I'm gonna take, you know, some wardens and splash in some characters. We might see, oh, actually. Three units of two jet bikes look pretty good for your objective play. Right. I quite like that. Um, so there's little other elements now where you might feel like, I'm going to build into this. I'm going to put a unit of sisters in to fulfill this role for me. And then I'm going to take my brick units, uh, you know, my fives, you know, whatever it might be of wardens or terminators to, um, you know, use them on the table to bully objectives and, you know, take some vehicles and stuff. So I think we'll see some more diverse custody lists because of it. Will their win rate drop? Yeah. Absolutely. Their win rate will drop, but then also their alpha predators, uh, as we come on to, are also going to be heavily nerfed as well. So all, overall, some good changes for Custodes, I think, for the greater game. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, I, I think that getting rid of those 10-man bricks will, will make it more enjoyable to play against Custodes. Mm. And, you, and like, like you said, they're going to have to be forced to do a little bit more mission play, which is good for everybody. So, all right. And then the next uh, faction that got touched and they got a, a very nice, good touch, I think, though, I think this is one of the factions where I it, I understand that they didn't want to over GW didn't want to overplay their hand. But I think and plus they've got a codex coming in sometime in the near future from what we were told, which is uh, AdMac. And they got a little bit of a buff. I don't think it's enough. They've been one of the the bottom tier factions so far in 10th. So they probably could have gotten a little bit more, but we'll see what happens with the codex and all that. So for now, basically, uh, Skitari Rangers, Skitari Vanguard, their armor save went from five up to four up, and their invulnerable save went from six up to five up. So they got an improve on their on their armor save and their invulns. So their basic troops are now a bit more survivable. Yeah, they also had a significant points drops on those units in particular. Um, and there were points drops across the board for um, for Admech, and they probably lost. Um, sorry, points wise, this is not uh, as an army. You'll probably gain around two hundred points to your army, um, anywhere from like hundred and fifty to two hundred points. I feel like that a lot because a lot of the rules in Admech revolve around you having, um, you know, your battle line, like your rangers nearby and stuff. Their, their army abilities are often triggered only if you have those close by. Whereas a lot of armies don't have that um, requirement. So I feel like 
this faction may still struggle because of it. I don't know if it's quite enough. But then also, what else do you do to that unit, right? Do you you can't make it much cheaper than eighty points for ten models because you're already looking at eight points a model. Uh, I think they're eighty. Yeah, you know, um, if you look at like a unit of uh, I don't know whatever they are, like Poxwalkers or something, they're like fifty points. But you've got a four up save and a five up invulnerable. Poxwalkers don't. They've just got a fill no pain. It's really interesting, right? Like how how cheap do you make them? But then also, how cheap do we make the rest of the units in the army so you can kind of take these for free um, based on that's how it's going to feel is, hey, if you've gained two extra units of battle line and they're all across the board, all of your battle line is now a lot more durable, maybe it's okay. But I don't know if the change is exciting enough. And this is one of the things when we talk about the balanced data slate is important. Um, because people don't stick to factions, people move to factions that they feel like are going to give them an edge in the game. So you get your, you get your hardcore, you know, this is my faction, this is the faction I play, I'm going for best in faction. You get those types of players, right? Which is cool. And we love those. Nothing absolutely wrong with that at all. It's the players that hop, oh, this is the strongest faction, I'll jump to that right now. Is it exciting enough to bring back some of those great players that are great players but they're still looking for that you know extra edge to come back round to these factions and i don't know if it is exciting enough because if it if they were if these top players were bringing you know excited enough to come back to admech we might see their win rates come up a little bit higher as well but the more times that an army feels like it's a struggle to play more and more the player base will leave it and then you're left with a small minority of players where it is their only faction now that's not to say that it's just because it's their only faction, they're worse at the game, but maybe they don't play as frequently. You know, they spend more time trying to bring up the painting standard of their army. Whereas, let's be honest, most competitive players will often do the minimum job they can or to an okay standard. They're not trying to bring their army to like a parade level standard. Okay. So, their ability to invest in new units and adapt in and keep up with the meta is often not as fast as somebody that has a um, less priority on their painting focus. So, um, yeah, I just think it is by nature, because you can swap factions, I just don't know if it's exciting enough to bring back some of those top players that were playing Admech last year, and certainly in ninth edition at their height and peak to come back to the faction, uh, to see also explore what you can do with that faction as well, to give the other player base more ideas, discussions, um, and great talking points. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? How it all shakes out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and we'll get to the points changes in a minute, but it is it will be interesting to see if some of these factions have because some a lot of factions well let's see one two three four five only six factions seven eight nine ten eleven factions got at least a little bit of a touch in the in the rules data slate yeah everybody almost across the board got points updates so the question is going to be are these points changes enough to bring some people back to certain factions yeah and we will see. Uh, for now, we're going to move on to Eldari, and this is where the everybody looked at it and went, there's only one sentence. Eldari has been the bane of competitive play for two and a half months now, and we got a sentence. Yeah. And the question is, is this enough? And obviously, this doesn't incorporate the... The, the thing that you got to remember when you look at all this is take it all in as a whole. You can't just go, oh, flip to the Eldari section. What... Let me see all the nerfs that they got. Oh, one sentence. 
So yes, the phantasm stratagem for them is specifically touched and it is changed to target. Now it can only target Eldari infantry units. So that's good for you know minimizing the phantasm so you can't have Wraith Lords and Wraith Knights just benefiting from that strat. But you also, we got to talk about the fact that they were seriously affected by the Devastating Wounds change. They're seriously affected by the Overwatch change. So for those people that were very upset online that Eldari didn't get touched enough, they got hit. Whether it was enough? Well, let's go into it. Yeah. So Phantasm was in a stratagem that was abusable because it, it has no trigger. The only trigger is at the end of the uh, movement phase. So, which means if you're setting up a charge, you can just move away. Like I, as a combat player, and again, this was another uh, stratagem that I would say is one of the single most uh, handed stratagems that was not allowing combat players to play the game. I get my unit of world eaters out or corn berserkers and you go, cool. Is that your end of your movement phase? Yeah. I'm just going to move away from you. Great. So now I can't charge you. Brilliant. And now I'm out in the open. I get shot on my next turn. So... The fact that this is infantry only is great because all the heavy hitters in this army, if we go through them, the Wraith Knight. So the Wraith Knight is one of the biggest defenders of this. The Fire Prisms, the Night Spinners, the Avatar of Cain, the Incarn. These are all monsters or vehicles. These are all the stratagems that people would use this on. And remember, when you Phantasm, you don't have to Phantasm backwards. You can Phantasm forwards. So if you've got, for example, um, a position, where, hey, I know you can't kill my avatar. I'm just going to phantasm it closer. So I'm in combat next turn. Um, it's one of those things now. Yes, it's an amazing change. It helps out guardians. You know, I would have liked it to been still been able to use maybe on um, mounted units, such as, you know, your shining spears, your wind riders. That would have been pretty cool. Um, but maybe not Wraith units like your Wraith Guard because they're real strong. So maybe it could have been like um, infantry infantry and mounted, excluding, um, you know, Wraith units, for example. So, or they bring in a trigger. So you have to move within nine inches of, is, of a unit in order to trigger it, like that rule we've seen across multiple different units. And it hasn't been too much of an issue. I still don't like it personally as a, as a mechanic in the game because, again, it just really hinders combat units. but um, at least it would have been a cap for allowing shooting units to still shoot stuff. So yeah, it's good. We could have gone further with it, I think, or Games Workshop could have gone further with it, um, but we've, that is what we've got. However, I will say this on the points of Eldar. The, I looked at the Nova winning list, because that was just the most recent event, and congratulations to the person that won Nova. Um, that list has lost 370 points. Wow. And it wasn't even one of the most big. I didn't actually think it would lose that much looking at the units that were involved. Some other units of armies I've seen, you could be losing more than 400 points because it didn't even have a Wraith Knight in it. And that's uh, had considerable increases um, as long as a huge nerf. Um, now, a lot of armies I would say that are underperforming have gained like 200 points. So imagine that matchup again. There could literally be a near 600 point difference. 600 point difference is massive. Yeah. That's what you've got to consider. It's the ramification of all this stuff coming together. Yeah. I think that about sums it up. I do have a slight criticism though. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like because there was so much outrage for Eldar, what they didn't necessarily 
do was bring down the cost of those units that were never taken. For example, like striking scorpions, banshees, shining spears, the units that Avengers. Yeah, the units that never get any benefit from the army rule, the detachment rule, which is reroll a hit, reroll a wound. You're only ever going to use those abilities to the most effect on fire prisms, night spinners, D cannons, bright lances, because you only get one shot or two shots. You hit, you reroll the other one, right? That you miss with. So it's really powerful on those units, but it's pretty much pants on the rest. But that just means because they didn't come down, when we don't have a great sense of internal balance because they're still point for point overcosted, like for example, Banshees. So therefore, we're only going to see Eldari lists probably have a very stale build for a while. Um, and I really hope that's something we can look to do in the future. Um, you know, we take Eldar out the limelight for a bit. Yeah, sure, we'll have some stale armies for the next few months of Eldar because people are still going to take Fire Prisms, Night Spinners, the Avatar. Uh, shadow specters and warp spiders but you're just not going to have as much um because it's still a great list and it's still probably very very strong but we're not going to see much diversity hopefully uh in the future we can see some other units come down in cost and we might see some different varieties let's sure let's put a wave serpent on the table filled with banshees that would actually be cool um whatever but we can only dream yeah and the incarn is still going to be probably running around even though it got points hike but seven 70 will, point increase yeah as the as one of the single biggest point shifts in the entire update but we'll get to that in a second uh so quick a real quick touch on agents of the imperium the limit size the unit size on the exaction squads got dropped so you're limited to 10 10 plus the dog yeah it's like 100 so, points now for the unit rather than like 50 um, it's not just that cheap unit to add in anymore if you've got 50 points left. So, because there was more police in 40k than anything else. So, I think it's a good change, yeah. as it should be. What's next? Yeah. Uh, next, uh, your absolutely favorite faction, which I heard you may be taking to LGT mm. Death Guard. Yes. So, they had some huge changes here. Now, when you're in Contagion range, um, you can basically at the start of the game, when you're doing your, you can pick a Contagion ability uh, to affect. And you can pick from one of three abilities. One of them is when your enemy is within contagion range, their AP is reduced by one. So that's going to make your weapons a lot more lethal. Okay. Um, now, there is a weird interaction here. Basically, what will happen is if you're up against a three plus armor save um, army and you make them minus one armor save, they're now armor save four plus. So if you're not ignoring cover, you can actually, as a space marine, get back cover and go to even AP zero back to a three up save. So it's less impactful there. It's much more impactful on um, units at a greater distance and especially not having cover. And of course, you can take things like a hell brute just to shoot a unit and it's in contagion range. You've got other ways to expand contagion range like the, uh, the icon bearer. Um, you've got obviously Mortarion. There's enhancements you can take to really bring this out to be in incredibly effective um you know way of using the armies to decrease your opponents armor save the one of the others is whilst you're in contagion range you reduce the leadership by one and also the oc i really like this i think it just helps um those death guard players hold objectives a little bit more um, which i think is great for that army because it's quite slow and they're also quite um or they should be hard to take objectives off that's part of their ip um and it's good i think that's a great little change the one I dislike, and I think, again, I've got a bias here. I like combat armies. 
The one I dislike is minus one weapon skill because you can't play around it. Um, and I think like we, when we did, me and Mike did the podcast on it and I expressed the fact that um, if you've got minus one weapon skill and then minus one to hit, that's pretty bad because you're now effectively at a minus two to your original dice roll. And a lot of people said, oh, you can't stack that. But you can because a weapon skill modifier and a minus one to hit are two different abilities. So I wish, I do wish it was just minus one ballistic skill because then at least you could play around it. And it would actually make the army feel a little bit more survivable, right? So I can't get in melter range because then I'm minus one ballistic skill. So do I want to hit a little bit better or do I want more damage? You know, that's a good decision tree for the uh, shooting opponent. But for combat, they can't play around it because you are just always in engagement range because you have to be in engagement range. Like you have to be that close. So I think for some armies, unless they have abilities for rerolls or for pluses to hit or abilities to ignore modifiers, those abilities are actually quite few and far between, especially in the combat phase. We see a lot of synergies within shooting, like, hey, get out of a certain vehicle, you reroll wounds, or you shoot it with this unit first, you get plus one to hit. We see a lot of synergies within the shooting phase, but not so many with the combat phase. So I think what I dislike about it is it's slightly uninteractive for combat players, okay? And for those armies that are solely a combat army, like your World Eaters, Blood Angels, so on and so forth, to be honest, my dream, and I'm glad they got some sort of benefit, but I wish it was either just one of the other contagions as a let's see how it goes, because I think it may go too far and be too flexible, because um, I think it's already quite a good rule. Um, sticky objectives is a great rule. Uh, I think it's really underrated. Um, I'm always putting in units in my army that have sticky, sticky objectives, like I'm having to pay you know, like 80 odd points for a unit of intercessors just to gain that benefit of that rule because that's their inbuilt one. So I think there's already some good stuff in that book. Um, I kind of wish they just said, hey, have a six plus feel no pain on infantry or something. Um, and if you're near a demon prince, you get a plus one. Like, because a demon prince, I think, gives you a six up. So sure, that would be a nice little thing to help the army fit and feel like. Uh, you know, the old days when you could get a feel no pain on your Death Guard, um, it would help the survivability. I actually think the Death Guard community would probably prefer that as well, um, because we just I just don't want uninteractive games as a somebody that plays the game, somebody that, you know, I love playing at tournaments. I love playing against all different factions, even Death Guard. You probably don't think it, but I actually do. Some of my best ever games have been against Death Guard and I've had amazing games against them in ninth edition. And I want to continue to do that in 10th as well. Um, I just don't want a situation where I've got a really cool Thunderhammer unit and now I'm hitting on sixes in combat because of minus one weapon skill, minus one to hit. So, yeah, I think it could have been slightly more eloquently done, personally. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I understand from a narrative perspective that this skull, squir skull squirm blight is this thing that you know makes you slower and a little weaker and so you you don't shoot as well you can't fight as well like thematically it makes sense but yeah functionally whereas the minus one ballistic skill you have to be within contagion range which shooting armies can at least to some degree dance outside of and stay out of combat once you're in combat range there's literally no way of getting out of contagion range you're you're gonna get hit with that and so it again is one of those things that makes combat in is going to make combat in 10th edition strongly discouraged well 
have they now become the new custodies is my worry um because right. al- already when we look at the death guard codex they've got some really good anti-combat abilities and it's just one more thing now to add to an arsenal of anti-combat like if we looked at some of the best rules in the game for being defensive against combat we've got the following minus one damage and death guard have that we've also got um overwatch from death shroud we've got the fight first on uh, certain uh, i can't remember his name the, yeah, the Biologus Putrefire, I think. That's the one, one yeah. of those. So, so they've got some, and they've got like minus two charge enhancements. So they've got some really cool abilities or else. Has it just tipped it over the edge to disincentivize combat players once more to go, oh, but if I play Death Guard, I'm going to really, really have a hard time where it's uninteractive, where I'm failing charges, getting Overwatch, damage isn't you know, doing much. Now I'm minus one to hit. Or do they have to just take a lot more guns? And that probably is the reality of it. You now need to build in ways to get pluses to hit, like orc knobs. They're going to have to take a war boss. They're going to have to do that to get the pluses to hit in their units. Uh, I don't think they've got any access to rerolls, but they're going to have to rely on that plus one to hit to mate or save their resources to get the critical hits of five so they can get sustained hits. So yeah, sure, the meta will adapt for those combat armies and they will have to evolve, um, but I don't know how much they're going to have to evolve for one particular matchup or do you just accept it as a potential very, very hard game in a tournament? So time will tell. Um, but that was my, I think, little frustration on that was just the uninteractiveness with all of those things combined together. Makes sense. All right. And then the next faction we got to talk about is Death Watch. And they also got a nerf of a, of a sort that is very narrative and very fluffy and makes absolute sense whether you like it or not which was the stratagems, the three special ammunition stratagems, Dragonfire, Hellfire, and Kraken rounds, now only apply to bolt weapons. So no, you cannot use your Dragonfire rounds on that ignore cover and give your weapons assault on Hellblasters or Eradicators because that didn't make any sense. Even I looked at it, I'm a Death Watch player. I even looked at it when 10th first came out. I was going through everything. I was like, wow, this is really cool. Oh, I could use this on Hellblasters. And I went, I would hate myself if I did that, but it was a, it was legal technically. Yeah. So, and then they gave an entire list of, and I'm not going to read them all off because it's like Too long. 30 entries. It's all, they listed what all of the things are that count as bolt weapons for death watch. So that's it. Those three stratagems can only be used on bolt weapons. So you're not going to be able to abuse the crap out of hell blasters as much. I think to be honest, a lot of people were abusing desolation Marines. They were using also that. And- yeah. To, to increase their range and things. So I think, um, again, it's a great change, as it should be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gene Steeler Cults had two touches. The Adeline Jackal data sheet got changed. You uh, All models have to now be set up wholly within nine inches of a battlefield edge. Uh, I think before it was six, wasn't it? Yeah, so basically how this works is they changed in the um, recently they changed that you had to be wholly within six inches of the, um, the marker. Um, and the issue with that is you couldn't actually set up a unit of 10 acolyte jackals. It was physically impossible. Um, you know, I was, I was at home, I drew it out, I got a marker, I drew it, and then I put in the line of where, um, you know, I just, I was like, yeah, I can't even use this unit as a 10 man because if it dies, it will never come back because you physically can't place it. So now you can be set up within nine. This is a bit easier because now 
you can actually set that 10 man unit up again. So it's actually a good change just to allow you to play that unit. Yeah. And then the other one is the cult ambush, their army rule for Gene Sear cults. Uh, you roll a D6 now, you add one to the result. This is to see if a unit can come back uh, after it's destroyed. You roll a D6, add one to the result if it's a battle line unit, and add an additional one if it is in the first or second battle round. And then on a 5+, plus, you can bring that unit back yeah. after it got destroyed. So yeah, you're basically coming back on 5s. If you die turn 1 or 2, you're coming back on 4s. And if you're battle line, you get an additional plus 1 to that. So battle line, the best you could come back is on 3s. Um, it's interesting. I don't know how much of an impact this will have um, on the army. Um, I think there's other more significant changes that have, will affect the army. Just uh, for instance, the Nexus, which gives you free stratagems, the most abused stratagems are not battle lines, which, uh, sorry, not battle line, battle tactics. Um, so that means you can't abuse the stratagems as much. Um, and I also think that they've, the army's seen some incredible point increases. One of them I'm not so happy about because I think it makes a couple of the units just not taken. Uh, and I think we'll see some stale Genes Dealer Cult armies for a while, which is a shame. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have loved a bit more of a, okay, what units are really, really strong in this book and what are the less strong units and how do we create a little bit better internal balance to see more variety in army lists? So, yeah. I think Games Workshop right now playing it safe with both Eldar and GSC. Okay. All right. And remind me, um, because obviously you, when you and I had our practice game at LSO, I was, you were heavily coaching me around, making sure that I had that bubble of don't jump in and mortal wound me. The bomb packs, they don't cause devastating wounds. Like they just straight up cause mortal wounds, right? Um, so basically you've, the demolition charges that drop in within six yeah. inches they're not devastating wounds or mortals. It's just damage. The thing is, the difference now though, is that you cannot bring down two units within three inches because that was a stratagem that the Nexus would allow you to do on a second unit. So what people use, or what I used to do, um, is come down with one unit within three inch, uh, within six inches. So you could shoot your demolition Mm -hmm. charges that would have a primus in to get four rerolls to hit. And then the other unit I would come down with, is a Nexus that does the stratagem for free and again for a second time. Now I can't do that. So I can't bomb with two units. And then I'd play the plus one to hit on the unit that just came down with the Nexus. So it was a no-brainer, right? Whereas now I can't do that. I can only bring down a unit at a time. And I think overall you're looking at something like a 100-point increase or getting close to like 80-point increase for a character and a unit with those des- uh, with those bombs. Now it has been cleared up as well that it is a new unit. So when it dies, you will get the bombs back, but you're never getting bombed twice a turn. You're only going to get bombed once a turn and the army is going to be significantly more expensive. So GSC, again, this is where some of the changes, that's why I want to ask you about it. Some of the changes are not immediately visible to how some factions have been mm-hmm. hit by this da- by this data slate. So yeah, uh, and then the Grey Knights got a quick touch. Their um, Haloed and Soulfire strat uh, got changed to strategic ploy from battle tactic. This is the stratagem that's very abusable because what can happen is um, in Grey Knights less so because their Grandmaster only allows you to use a stratagem for free once per game not once per turn. 
um, which is something I got wrong originally. Um, yeah, basically, you just can't come in from deep strike and then make yourself a lone operator for a turn, essentially. So you can you can't do that now. You can you can have to spend the resources on it. Grey Knights were not exactly ripping up the meta, so I think this is fine, and it you know they are what they are. Imperial Knights. I've heard a lot of complaining about this already. Imperial Knights are dead as a faction. Calm down. Uh, the big change here is that the Bondsman ability, you can only put it on Armagers now. You can't put it on other Questorus Knights. Good. Is that what it should be? Yeah. It was always... That's how, that was how it was in... That's how it was in ninth. That's how it's supposed to be in 10th. Don't... Yeah. It's... Yeah. Don't get it twisted. And then... I... Yeah. Calm down. Mm. Uh, Thunderstomp stratagem has changed to an Epic Deed stratagem. And then uh, the CP cost for a couple of strats was changed to 2 CP. Yeah. So Imperial Knights have had a lot of changes. They had their army rule, which is reroll hits of ones, changed to a hit roll of a one when that was clarified in the, in the wording of it. It got amended. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing that got changed. Obviously, they now can't Overwatch. They can't... Um, sorry. Yeah, they can't Overwatch. But they also cannot now tank shock for free either, which was... It was very uninteractive when you're getting charged by a knight. It then tank shocks you, and then old um, Rex would come in and tank shock you again. It's pretty. It was just not a nice feeling, you know. You're like, oh, just lose right. the models on the charge phase and considerable amount because it's guaranteed six mortal wounds because of their strength. Um, and they're not even tanks, are they? They're walkers. But anyway, so they've lost that. Rex has come down because of obviously he's less effective now because of the stratagems and what are battle tactics that he can actually manipulate. Um, but hey, you shoot him and he fails his four up, you know, he could CP re-roll it. There's still some, um, you know, use there, but he has had a points drop. They will get the benefit of the towering the reverse way, so they'll be more survivable on the table, especially the combat knights. I think we'll see significant drops in their performance, um, but right now they're an absolute gatekeeper. Um, and the way that 10th edition as a game mechanic has changed since 9th, in ninth edition, there was like guns that could just do most things. Like the multi melter was great. Um, you know, the plasma cannon was great. You know, you could take these weapons that were just great into infantry. It was great into vehicles, knights. You name it, didn't really matter because the highest toughness was toughness eight. And a lot of guns that were strength eight or strength nine, you were fine with. But in this tenth edition, when you're going up to things like strength and toughness twelve, all of a sudden some guns are wounding on five. So things like sisters. They're like strongest gun in the game is like eight. So they're wounding a knight yeah. army on fives. They've got no real play. So they became an absolute gatekeeper for certain factions because when you can spam a type of data sheet and it is spammable when you've got, you know, toughness 12 armies running around the table that are good in shooting, good in combat, good at everything. And with great OC as well, because in ninth edition, you could just put more models on an objective and or have objectives secured and it would you know take the objective off them intent that's changed as well so the actual game design is fundamentally different it rewards big monsters and vehicles still being able to shoot targets in combat and such like so um i actually think that yeah sure their performance will drop and it's kind of a good thing because it will probably be less of a gatekeeper and those armies that those players that love the army will still find ways to do incredibly well with them leagues of votan my beloved faction that I think I still have to leave on the 
shelf for just a little bit longer. But this is an improvement. I do think I'm going to try to get a couple practice games in with them just to see how this change works. Basically, the ruthless efficiency detachment rule that normally said pick a unit before the game starts and put two judgment tokens on them. Now, uh, depending on the size of your battle, you put more more units get judgment tokens. So for a for our purposes, which we care about, a strike force obviously because it's the competitive two thousand point game size we play. Each of these units now starts. Uh, you you get to designate four units, and each of those four units start the game with two judgment tokens. That's a big deal. And then uh, at the start of any of your command phases, any of those, if any of those units have been destroyed, you gain a number of CP depending on how early in the battle. Right, and there's the the list of how, how the sooner you kill them, the more CP you get. So overall, I think it's really good. I don't think it's, and there's a whole lot of points changes, which I have not even had a time to properly digest yet, but I still don't think leagues are going to be that competitive, but I definitely think that they've got more opportunity now to start because before also getting, because in ninth edition, obviously the problem was you were handing out judgment tokens like candy. And in this edition, it was next to impossible to, you're not giving out judgment tokens very well at all. And by the time you put out enough, it's because all of your units are destroyed and so they're pointless. So now this starts you off at a little bit more of an advantage, I think. So I, I think it's a I think it's a good change. I, whether it's enough or not, uh, time will tell. Yeah, I think it's a um, one of those that will help the faction. I think they've had some, some significant points drops, but um, it's one of those that I think a lot of people have said, oh, my army's going to play like a horde now. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think if you're a Votan player, you probably gain maybe, you know, an extra unit, realistically. Um, maybe an extra unit of Hearthguard or, you know, the, uh, is that the Hearthguard, the big chunky lads? Yeah, the Terminators. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you probably gain a unit of those. Cool. Um, I think they'll see some improvements. I think we'll see some win rates going up a little bit. Um, is it an exciting change? I don't know. Um, probably not. But hey, I think it will help. I think we'll see those numbers increasing. That's the most important thing. Yeah. I, again, this is, a, this is a army where people who are designated faction specialists, if that's all they play, they will be able to make this a, a thing and we will start seeing Votan in top 10 finishes and even podium on some events for the absolute faction specialists. That'd be awesome to see that, yeah. Yeah, everybody else who faction hops, um, which, guilty, um, that's just because I have Warhammer ADD. I have three different factions I love and I want to play all of them all the time. But the the reality is, is that for people who faction hop who aren't quite faction specialists, yeah, it's not going to be a, you know, control-alt-delete-look-I-won situation, which yeah. that's not how 40K is supposed to be anyway. So, yeah, it's just a nice little subtle change, I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what the what the codex will bring when you know if and when that comes out. I'm hoping that we will get a, a greater variety of units for Votan because obviously they're still a very brand new faction and they have very there's a very limited number of factions uh, of uh, units to choose from. So all in good time. Last but not least, Space Marines, and I, I gotta say, combined with the points increases and the change to Overwatch. Desolation squads are now limited to five-man units. Good. Yeah, great. I think this is a fantastic Good. change. and um, Huge change, and it's awesome. 
yeah, long are the days of having, you know, a character in there with bolter discipline and, you know, just wrecking two or three units. Uh, again, it gives some play to the, those toughness three armies. Yeah, great. We're going to see some Sisters of Battle back on the table again. We're going to see some Drakari um, because they're just not going to get Desolation Marined out of the game all of a sudden. So I think, yeah, actually, I think Space Marines have got some great changes on points and, the, and that as a faction is looking a lot more internally balanced. You know, they, things like aggressors went down. They look really, really good. Uh, that would certainly be where I'm putting my bolt of discipline when I'm taking aggressors. Um, I'd mm-hmm. be looking at, you know, taking some blade guard because they've come down in points. So um, I think Rebute went up. I think the Gladiator Lancer went up. The Thunderstrike went up. But everything else pretty much either are made the same or came down. So on the whole, some really good changes for Space Marines. And I think we'll see some really nice diverse lists. And that's key. Yeah, agreed. All right, so that's it for the data slate. But real quick, um, we got to uh, just touch on there's two in the rules commentary. Um, there were two little changes, nothing too crazy serious. Uh, the first one was, and I think this is a good change. They they clarified they added they they clarified the when you are eligible to shoot when equipped with ranged weapons. Um, and it says, unless a rule specifically says otherwise, units that have shot are no longer eligible to shoot until the start of the next phase. So this affects Tau and spotting because I think some people were shooting yeah. and then spotting. Yes, because it was it was worded oddly, and it was, and they also there's a swipe there was a uh, the the way that the the spotting rule was worded it was confusing to me. I even I was like, am I allowed to chain? spot like it looked like you could spot for somebody else and they shoot and then and then somebody else could spot for the unit that just spotted and you could chain link it down and so there was no and the idea is you're supposed to it even says it's supposed to be pairs one spots one shoots and then they're both done so which is why i think that now that we've clarified it also i think we'll see pathfinders a bit more on the board because pathfinders can spot two units at a time and they have a there's a strat you can play them that then allows them to shoot. So I think that that you know pathfinders are were I'm the only one that I know of that I've looked at a lot of tau lists online. I'm the only one who is playing pathfinders. No, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying that th- I assume that this was how the rule was supposed to be played. And now I think that we've clarified it. Maybe you'll see some more pathfinder units on the on the board. Agreed. So and then uh, there was one more change in the rules. Vehicles with bases. That's right. They clarified it now. So um, if a vehicle has a base, you measure to and from the closest part of the model or the base, whichever is closer. So the gladiator tanks sit on a base that is a little wider on the sides. So if you're measuring from the corner of the of 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 the model, you're going to measure from the actual corner of the, the tank. Whereas if you're measuring directly from the side or the front, you're going to measure from the base. It means you can't just yeah. like surf the model. Um, you have to get into base to base. Um, it just makes a lot more sense now. So if you're underneath it, you're underneath it and you're based. Yeah. So it doesn't yep. get around the rules of the game. Yeah. So that's it. Nice and simple. All right. That's the data slate. That is the rules commentary. We're going to take a quick break for our second sponsor today, Colorforge. Then we will be right back to talk about all of the points changes. The Competitive 40k podcast is supported by Colorforge. I found Colorforge 18 months ago and I was blown away by the quality of the product. 
I've always had an incredible finish, not too thick, not too chalky, and have always had the perfect coverage in all kinds of weather conditions. The cans are around 25% larger and cheaper than most other brands on the market. All of the colors are matched to Citadel base color, so it makes that transition from rattle can to paints absolutely seamless. Check out www.thecolorforge.com to pick up your sprays today, along with a whole host of other awesome hobby products. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to sign up for the competitive Warhammer 40k community Facebook page. Uh, the password for this month is going to be, in celebration of the new Tyranids Codex, Death Leaper. And yes, I know we haven't done the Tyranid Codex review. Uh, I'm getting my copy today, so I will, uh, I will schedule a time with Mike and I are going to sit down, hopefully tomorrow, and record that. So don't worry, full Tyranid Codex review is coming. All right, uh, now we're going to do the points changes. But um, as Steve and I have, have spoken, we agree that there is no way on God's sweet green earth we can go through. We will literally be here. This would be a 12-hour podcast if we sat here and went through every points change of every unit in the game. Suffice to say, and anybody can see this because gloriously GW has, again, when they did the, the points changes, everything that is, has a new points cost is there in red um, if it's different from the last field manual. I can tell you, you you can just glance over the PDF document. Uh, more than half, it looks like it was written in blood. That more than half of this document is in red ink. So, so many points changes. So much stuff got changed. Um, so it's just a we we there's literally not possible for us to go over everything. So we're gonna go through every faction. We're gonna pick a couple highlight units that we think are worth mention, and then we're gonna move on because we have other things to do today and tomorrow and the day after. Uh, yeah, so me and so, Mike, me and Mike did a full live stream. So if you want a bit more of an in-depth analysis of the points, I would head over to Vanguard Tactics on YouTube, watch our live stream. And what we did was we spoke about each faction. We've timestamped it as well, so you can just jump to your faction. We give you like the overview of it, uh, our prediction whether it's going up or down, and then the points. So yeah, we'll give you some cliff notes though. So what's the first faction we're going to talk about? So first faction is Adeptus Sororitas, and basically almost every model in the faction went down except crusaders which went up yep. because they're a really good unit for farming uh, miracle dice and then sacrosins for some reason didn't change at all which is kind of a bummer but things like saint celestine um saint celestine came down 15 points saint catherine came down 25 points but yeah the key units for me are the paragon war suits are down 40 so is morbium val uh and your retributors and your repentia which are key units as well have also come down in points um, so, yeah, I think on the whole, you could be looking at around 200, 250 extra points. It's basically whatever you took before, and now you can add in a whole unit of Paragon Warsuits for free. So, great, sisters. Yep. I think a lot of their predators are going to be, you know, with Overwatch going, Desolation Marines. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be in a better place. But I don't think they're going to be super strong, but I think I will think it will help them. Yeah. And Exorcist, I was surprised Exorcist even came down by 10 points a model, which with the change to Overwatch is, is good and reasonable. Um, and I still think they're, Exorcists are one of the strongest units in the game right now for, uh, for Sisters. Yeah. All right, moving on. Custodes, again, it's a wash in red. I'm struggling to find something that didn't change in points. The Caladius Grab Tank, it didn't change. Woohoo. So there was actually a lot of ups and downs here. Uh, most of the current Codex compliant units, I would say, are up about five points each. The characters are up a little bit, um, but the a lot of the Forge World units are down. So 
I think we're going to see a little bit more diversity in list choices here, um, which is great. So hopefully we'll see, um, you know, custodies and a bit of a healthier win percentage and not just a absolute gatekeeper uh, for combat armies anymore. Um, so yeah, on the whole, I think we'll see a much more balanced, well-rounded army lists. Yeah, there were there were. This should take probably one squad of something off the table, and combined with the fact that you're going to have to spread out your squads, you're not going to be doing these ten man units anymore. Agreed. Except for, and I think this also might make the Sisters of Silence models a little bit more takeable because they didn't change in costs for the most part, and this is going to make them a yep. little bit more desirable. I think maybe to put them on the table, especially with the change to exactors. Yeah, I think you probably lose uh, some custody guys and put some sisters in, and that's probably about the same army list. All right, Admech, again, Ocean of Red. Uh, the only unit I can tell that didn't change is the Owner Gadoon Crawler and the Iron Strider Balistaria are still paying for their sins from 9th edition. So, uh, but everything else came down, a, it, usually it looks like about, on average, about 10 points per unit. Not per model, per unit. Yeah, So a good chunk of change down. Yeah, you should be able to, depending on how you build your list, you could add in two extra squads of Skatari, you could add in an entire you know, you probably have picked up two to 300 points of extra stuff in your list, depending on how you built it before. Yeah, I don't know if it's enough to help Admech uh, really significantly increase their win rate, but hopefully it's enough a little bit just to give them a little bit of an easier time. So yeah, what's next? Yeah. Uh, next, uh, we're going to go down to Eldari. Yep. So your your biggest offenders, the Incarn, the Fire Prisms, uh, the Night Spinners have all gone up. So your big tanks are now 180. Uh, the Incarn's gone up 70. Your Warp Spiders and Shadow Spectres have gone up around 20 points, I think. I think they probably could have gone up a little bit more because I still think they're very point efficient uh, for what they do. Um, but like I said before, I would have loved to seen some other units come down. The Way Leaper, the, one that, the guy that's the lone op, gives you a CP every turn. He's gone up in points considerably for what is a Toughness 3 or 4, whatever, little character with a few wounds. He's up a lot, so you are really paying for that extra CP now. Um, I think Fire Prisms are still very good at 180. I think they could have gone to 200 and still been fine and still takeable. Um, the Death Jester's gone up a little bit as well. He was a common choice. So, yeah, on the whole, I think we've seen some pretty big changes and hopefully more people are incentivized to play Harlequins, which would be cool. See them back on the table. Yeah, that would be cool. I, yeah, we haven't seen Harlequins, I don't think, at all this edition. So, except maybe, you know, a couple, like a Solitaire or a Death Jester thrown in with, um, in a Denari list. But our boy uh, Mike Porter right now is taking pure Harlequins uh, to an event, which is super cool. Uh, so it'd be great. Uh, to well, of course, Mike on. is because he's a faction specialist and he's a stud. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. And then just for those who are quite who uh, just are, are wondering that it's itching in their brain as they're driving in the car listening to this, uh, Wraith Knights went from 475 to 510. So they got a 35 point boost on top of all the changes to towering and Overwatch and all that. So, the significant thing here is that you cannot place it into strategic reserves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now that it is more than 500 points, you cannot put a Wraith Knight into strategic reserve. It is going to start the game on the table, and it shall bear the wrath of my Storm Surge and my Railguns. This, this is the whole point of this podcast, right? We could just There's no point just telling you that what their points cost is. It's the impact it's going to have on the table and what you need to design right. your list to be able to do. So, yeah. All right, agents of the Imperium, and we, you know we had a question on the rules forum. I was gonna uh, on the Facebook page, and I was meaning to ask you this: Agents of the Imperium doesn't have a detachment rule. Can they be played as their own standalone faction? Don't know, because they don't have a detachment rule. So I don't know that they could have a detachment. Probably not. I don't remember who asked that question, but I remembered reading it and was trying to get an answer. So there you go, your answer. Then your question is answered. Probably not. 
but I don't. Well, that's not a very good answer, is it? Um, no. It, <laughs> if you could, you. I mean, do you have to pick a detachment? You'd have to look in the core rules. If you have to pick a detachment, if you if it's you can pick a detachment, then that's completely different. So um, yeah, I'd have to, and it's not in. I actually have the core rules open under under and all that where it says muster armies on it. It doesn't say, but I think I'd have to look at the Leviathan rules, which I don't have up right now. Fair enough. Well, I'll do a little bit more research and and try to figure out if if a, having a detachment is a requirement. So, uh, all right, Agents of the Imperium uh, Exaction Squad says ten to eleven models now, which is before it was five or ten, um, because it's ten or the and plus or minus the dog. Um, Voidsmitter Arms also went up by ten points per per five models, and Kalidus Assassin because she's a little less. Um, potent useful now with her and she's a little less potent with her rule she went from 115 down to 90 those are your changes for agents of the imperium moving on astra militarum lots of changes i think all the lehman russes came down right and then the indirect stuff went up yeah the indirect was essentially carrying the faction um i don't know if the points drops are enough elsewhere to see a bit more balanced list builds but we can see in time will tell um i think mike's taking them to lgt so if you're a guard player um, we can get some good road to LGT, uh, I think would be great. Um, and if you are thinking about coming to LGT you would, and would like to come to our Vanguard Tactics workshop, it's our in-person workshop that I do at the Las Vegas Open. It's here in London and we're going to have a massive coaching team for it. Um, it's going to be awesome. So uh, if you are thinking of coming to the London Grand Tournament or you just want to come to the workshop, it's on the Friday, the day before the main event on the Saturday and Sunday. Uh, tickets are still available. You can go to LGT Presents or alternatively head to our website, www.vanguardtactics.com and you'll see the, the link called events. Click on events and you'll see the LGT workshop and you can see all the details and how to get your ticket. Uh, but yeah, there's still spaces available and we'd love to see more people there. And it's a lot of fun too. Having I've been to three workshops now. I helped with you with the one at, L- at Lone Star. I've been into the last two at LVO. They're just a ton of fun and you will learn a ton. You will. So, um, all right, and then so yeah, big changes. Uh, Basilisks didn't change. I thought they did. The Basilisks did not, but Manicores and the other indirect stuff went up. All the Lehman Russes, all of the super heavies, the Bane Blades, and all that went down. Um, there's some other changes in there. Rattling snipers um, changed and went down. Most most of the stuff went down except for indirect. All right, uh, Black Templars, which My boys, this your boys. This is going to be my army. Literally every unit was changed. Literally every unit in this faction has changed their points cost. I was actually going to take World Eaters to, the, uh, to LGT, and then I had a look through this, and I was like, I love Black Templars. Black Templars are my first ever army, Dave, that I collected back yeah, in... I was, yeah, I know. I remember. That was, that was, that was uh, why I texted you when you, you sent that picture in uh, our group yeah. chat. I was like, going back to your roots. That's it, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to play Black Templars. So let's go over it. The key characters are down. Hellbreck, Grimaldus, uh, they're all down to like 95 points, which is great. The Emperor's Champion is now down and he is insane for his points. So he's straight in the basket. <laughs> um, I've got uh, Sword Brethren there down as well. I'm loving the Sword Brethren. So I've literally got six boxes here to build. Um, I would love to take a list of 30. Um, also, Land Raiders are down generally for Space Marines, which means that obviously, cool, I can fit more cool Land Raiders in my Crusader army. and. Um, the Crusader unit is also down, so you can take, I think it's 280, 280 points for 20 Marines. Um, yep. Pretty cool. So on the whole, Black Templars, I think they're a 
in a cool little place right now. So uh, I'm super excited to get them on the table and play some games. Yeah, it'll be cool to see them on the table, and I'm looking forward to hearing how you do uh, with them next weekend. All right, Blood Angels. Okay, so... Your other beloved faction. Yeah, um, big points drops on the Sanguinary Guard, and also because we were never seeing them. I think they were getting penalized for having a two-up save, for having an Inferno pistol option. They were just getting penalized here, there, and everywhere. So their points cost was in crazy high. They're down. Don't know if it's enough. Because I think devastating wounds really knock them out pretty quickly, um, and then also I think the Libby Dread may have came down, which is cool because he's an essential piece to a Blood Angel player, and also the Death Company are down, and Lamartes is down. So that combo of Lamartes for minus one damage and ten Death Company is probably an essential auto include. The other unit that's really good for Blood Angels is Assault Marines. They haven't changed; they're still the exact same points cost when we come to Space Marines. So on the whole. Blood Angel players should be happy. I know Jordan is, and I certainly would be if I was running Blood Angels this season. So, cool. Good changes. Yeah. Liber- Libby Dreadnought down 15. Sanguinary Guard down 8 points per model. They went from 430 for 10 down to 350. So, that's a huge that's a huge change. The issue with Sanguard is 5 isn't enough, and 8 and 10 is too many. So, that's the problem. Yeah. They still need a little more left. But, it's an improvement. All right. Chaos Demons. I think greater demons went up and small demons came down for the most part, right? Pretty much, yeah. Your auto-includes now are not such an auto-include. They're now a consideration, and the units you would never consider to take are now an option. So I think uh, Jake was saying Plague Bearers are looking quite nice uh, at their points cost. He's still taking Bellacor. He was expecting an increase there. He wants to take Shalaxi, although it's had a a massive increase in points. Uh, Fate Weathers remain the same because I think its ability is about CP manipulation, so obviously not as quite as effective now. Um, but then, yeah, your big other big boys, like the Nurgle ones, they're also down too. The one that I was really weird, weirded out by was Nurglings came down and Nurglings are slightly, not overpowered, is, a, is not the word for Nurglings, but a very right. strong unit. And their points probably should have went up, in my opinion, and they've come down. Yeah, they're, they're just obnoxious, is what they are, which is what they're supposed to be in the lore and in, in all aspects. But they're obnoxious to a way that is not sometimes fun to play against when you're trying to just get them off of an objective. Yeah. What's so, next? Yeah. All right. Next. Chaos Knights. Okay. So little war dogs. And I think this is probably the same for the Imperial side as well. So we can just do these together in one sweep. Most of the Helverin war dog things are up unless they were a combat dedicated unit and they're probably slightly down. So some ups, some downs. Uh, Rex, can this Rex also came down because he's less pointed, uh, but not a huge amount of change on the points. And I think the points went up for the War Dogs because otherwise they might just be absolutely spammed. And they're probably slightly point for point a little bit more efficient than they should be. Um, you know, they start to outperform Dreadnoughts considerably for their points. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's probably the right move. Yeah. Rampager came down, Carnivore came down, and then all the other War Dogs went up, all by about 15, 10 to 15 points. So that's, there's your summary. All right, uh, CSM. Okay, so again, the biggest defenders of this book, um, but again, great internal balance. Baden. Yeah, I think this book, though, great internal balance now. Possessed, Chosen, Legionaries. Legionaries had a massive drop, so I think yeah. those Codex-compliant units like those that, you know, real, for me, fundamentally make up the army of Chaos Space Marines are down. Uh, Terminators, I think, are roughly the same. 
Abaddon is significantly up because of the rules that he gives, um, and then Obliterator's also up, and the uh, Forge Fiend also up because that's an incredible shooting platform. So the three big spammed units are up, and the units that we're not seeing a huge amount are, are down. So hopefully, again, we'll see some really nice list builds. What's next? Yeah. Chaos Terminator squad did not change. Yeah. It's the Chaos Lord and Terminator armor and some of the other stuff in Terminator. The characters in Terminator armor went up. The Chaos Terminator squad themselves didn't change. Um, all right. Dark Angels. Again, lots of little things coming down. Yeah. Five points here or there. Like It's normally like five points for five, ten points for ten uh, on most of those units in terms of how they multiply out. So whether it's the bikes, the Terminators, uh, the characters are down a little bit. The lion remain the same. Um, so yeah, just some little changes here and there. So they got off okay. Yeah, uh, Azrael's down fifteen, which is nice. I mean, he's he, I mean he's he, Azrael's now one hundred and five points. He's very strong at one hundred and five. For me, he was an auto include anyway. You put him with some blade guard, right? Great time. Yeah, yeah. I still got to pick up my my lion model. I've been wanting to get him just to paint him because um, he is because Dark Angels are my first faction. I kind of itching to go back but that's a whole new space for an army i'd have to buy and that's a divorce i'd have to pay for i knew you love chaos mate <laughs> absolutely you've met me i i have chaos in my blood all right uh death guard okay so everything is down mortarion is down significantly uh the plague burst crawlers i was surprised because they're indirect and obviously indirect went up recently um that's they've come down um i think Death Shroud, I'm building a list at the minute with at least uh, 15 Death Shroud. That's my list at the moment. Um, they like I think Typhus came, basically everything came down apart from a couple of little characters. Uh, but yeah, I'm certainly building a Death Guard list right now, which I think is going to be very, very strong. Yeah, Mortarian coming down 35 points is a shock to the system. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. That's- if, you're, if you're a Death Guard player, yeah, and, and that and Plague Burst Crawlers coming down 10 each. Woo! I don't... I genuinely think these are the changes that will bring some incredible players to the faction. Um, you know, I know that Aaron, uh, who works for us, he's like, oh, you know, I've always, you know, hit, I think one of his first factions was Death Guard, and he's super keen to play them now. Like, this is a significant change to the faction. And I think, yeah, if you're a Death Guard player, you should be super, super, super happy. I think... Like that, a lot of people have said, "Oh, I wish they had the the feel no pain." Um, I don't like the changes for one reason or another, but I think yeah, if you're a Death Guard player, you should be very very happy because I think Death Guard are gonna they're probably the biggest winner of this balanced data slate um, in regards to the significant increase I think they'll see on their current performance. But I don't know if it's too much. Is my uh, slight worry? Like I like that with Admech, it was subtle enough with Votan subtle enough i think if you're hoping for more from a balanced data slate it was probably about just right because other things are going to come down but when you're overly impressed by the um the changes for me sometimes uh you know in my experience now just a little alarm bell sometimes ring a little bit so um have we created a new yeah. problem for the future time will tell we will see but um yeah death guard enjoy our team's two faction specialists for Death Guard, uh, David Turner and Aiden Smalley, are very, very excited. They're they're very chatty suddenly in our group chat. So, but, um, and then they have every right to be. Yeah, they have every right to be. But Aiden, 
he, he's been saying exactly the same as me. It's very, very strong. I had Don Hewson message me the other day and he said, and we've had him on the past um, about Death Guard as a, a faction specialist. And he was like, I was running out of things to shoot before I was running out of units to shoot. He was like, it's strong. So um, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Cool. What's yep. next? Uh, Death Watch veterans and Proteus kill teams went up a little bit. Spectrus kill teams and veteran bike squads came down a little bit. Yep. The the units that could be abused um, went up, and the units that couldn't, you know, I don't, I'm actually kind of surprised that Spectrus kill teams came down a little bit, but I don't mind, you know. Um, so uh, Drakari, it's another faction we haven't seen much of in tenth. I think Drakari are probably one of the biggest losers from this uh, change um, of the entire thing. Ravages that were holding up the faction went up considerably. Um, that was really their only source of anti-vehicle, and now they're paying a really high premium for them. And unfortunately, I think that's happening because of Yanari. There, there is a they're paying Yanari tax because yeah, that eight, makes sense. A lot of Yanari players were taking three Ravages just to add more guns to their already gun platform. What I would have liked to have seen instead is a Yanari tax. If you're taking Yanari rather than taxing this unit in particular, um, but because everything else has pretty much come down, but not probably enough. And then your grotesques, your Talos, they remain the same. So I think, unfortunately, Drakari players hold in there, do the best you can. And hopefully for the next balance day at Slate, we'll see where everything shakes out. But stay strong, my boys. Stay strong. <laughs> stay strong. Stay frosty. Yeah. Uh, all right. GSC, we already sort of touched on. Um, so again, but aberrants came up. A couple of the characters came up. What I dislike is the aberrants coming up in the acolyte. Jackals coming up. The jackals have been nerfed because they can't double mortal, uh, and they're a cool unit. Um, the aberrants, you, we only ever saw one unit of them, and that was because you could have them infiltrating. When they do come back, sure, they're annoying to deal with. They got a four plus uh, fill no pain, but you, they're just going to sit on an objective. They can't move from it because they're so slow, especially late game. Um, I don't think the Aberrants were the problem. I think Neophytes were. I think the Acolyte Hybrids were. I'd have loved to have seen a little bit more internal balance to shake it out. Otherwise, I think we're still going to see the exact same carbon copy builds, but we're not going to see any Jackals. We're not going to see any Aberrants anymore. We're just going to see uh, Neophyte spam and um, yeah, some hybrid units to use the demolition charges. Yeah. Aberrants are the, are the Muscle Beach guys that you had camped on the middle objective when you and I played, right? Yeah. And I always, I always get confused, the Aberrants and the Hybrids and the Neophytes and the... I just yeah. don't have all the names straight in my head yet. Uh, all right, Grey Knights. Okay. Largely everything came down a little bit, right? No, not even a little bit. Considerably down. Um, we're talking a lot of changes. So, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. I just noticed Purgation Squads went from 190 for 5 down to 135. That's a six... 55 point drop for five guys wow. yeah they they were paying the indirect tax but they weren't an abuser of it um because they don't have right. a heavy keyword but paladins are down substantially uh terminators down all the characters are down the dread knight characters are down baby carriers are down on the whole gray knights i think are a big winner from this and again i was looking at those um at the start of 10th i really like the faction didn't feel like I got enough of my army to make it really playable in a competitive setting, but now I think they're at that place. So cool. Grey Knight players should be super stoked. What's next? Uh, yeah. Dread Knights down 30 points each. 
that's nice. All right. Um, all right. Uh, Imperial Knights, we already touched on. They, I can sum this up real quickly. The Armager went up five. The Warglaive went up by 10. And the Ancanus Rex went uh, down by 30. Yep. There's your changes. All right. Leagues of Votan. Just like um, with Black Templars, every single unit here is in red. So, um, and everything came down a little bit. Uh, the Berserks came down 35 points for every five. So, um, the Einhear Champions down 15. The, even the, the Iron, the uh, Brokeer Iron Masters down 10. Yep. So, on the so, whole, yeah. The, good. On the whole, you're, you're going to have a whole lot more. I understand why people look at this and go, oh, it means you're going to have a whole lot more. Uh, you're going to be, we're more like a horde army now. Well, for now. And then the codex is going to come out and points are going to get readjusted because we're going to get hopefully some a wider variety of units. It's not be a horde though, is it? It's like an extra unit of bikes, maybe two extra units of bikes, which will help your mission play. So that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I'd have to do the, I'd have to do the math. I mean, the, I think the, the thing is, is that Leagues of Votan are still, in my opinion, paying the tax. They're, they're paying the penalties for everybody's panic last year before the Codex came out. So, like, things went up in huge cost. Like, Hearthguard were stupidly overcosted for most of 9th edition. And then they came down grossly for 10th. And now they've come down again. Yeah. So, it's just, it is, there's just a whole lot more models you need. Like, I don't own enough Votan models to feel 2,000 points in 10th. That was before this points change. So. It, it would cost me another 300 bucks to get enough models to put on the uh, to put together 2000 points now. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Necrons. Um, a lot of changes up and down, like crypto frills that were being spammed are up, but the worries are down. So it's a net, no change. Um, you've got like the transcendent Catan, I think went up. He was taking a lot. And then you've also got Lich Guard up considerably, but the Praetorians are down just, uh, destroyers are down so uh, the combat ones anyway so um you know i actually think necrons are probably going to be a big winner of this one i think the biggest thing that will change them is that the stratagem to reanimate is not a battle tactic so they can't do it for free and they can't do it multiple times so that is a significant change to them specifically um yeah okay uh, i do think you know i've heard a lot of other people talk about how they feel like uh necrons were being held down by Eldari and GSC. So now that you know, there now that more you can't mortal wound an entire warrior blob off the table anymore. It, it's very likely. I think I think we're going to see Necrons start moving up in the in the rankings quite a bit and start getting a lot more podium finishes. So if you're a Necron player, this is I think this is a good time to be you. Yeah, I agree. I think Necrons are in a really strong place right now. Uh, all right, orcs. So orcs are largely unchanged, I would say, in terms of how most lists are going to shape out. Um, I think that some of the units have come up due to, you know, just being spammed like the mech guns, I think are very point efficient. So they're up um, by, I think, five or ten a model. Um, the beast uh, boss is up, I think, a little bit. Um, some of the bigger beast characters have stayed the same. And aside from that, no massive decreases really that are significant to change the way the faction plays so i think orcs are actually okay and i think more and more players are uh, turning towards orcs as a competitive faction and i actually think we'll see their win rate roughly stay the same because they don't necessarily need to change right now they're kind of one of those sitting that sat right in the middle right now in a nice place yeah burn boys uh luda's down one point per model knobs down two points per model 
little, like very slight touches to orcs. And I think it's, so we're, if you were good with them before, you'll be a little bit better with them now. Yeah. Ben Jones is taking those to, um, he's not taking out. Really? He's, he's taking orcs. So he's, um, yeah, he's really liking the knobs. I think they look really, really strong. They're probably a big winner. And uh, Grot Tanks, I think maybe is he's well he's looking at. So yeah, it's cool. What's next? Very cool. Uh, Marines. Okay, Marines, Aggressors, Blade Guard, we've already set it down. Desolation Marines are 200 points for five. The Lancers come up a little bit. Um, he's still a strong unit, though. And then also, um, you know, your Land Raiders are down. Most of your transports have come down as well. So on the whole, um, Rabute Gullimans come up, but then uh, Calgars came down. Uh, on the whole, pretty good. Good internal balance, I think, for Space Marines. I think the big winners yep. for me are Aggressors. All right, cool. Uh, Desolators, um, obviously there's no more 10-man option, and the 5-man option went from 170 to up to 200. So, yep. thank God. Um, Invaders ATVs at, at 170, at, 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 they have gone from 80 down to 70, and they were already looking kind of good to me, especially knowing that the smaller land speeders are about to go away. Mm. Um, because, you know, from the, that we know from the Warcom announcement that they're, the, the old firstborn uh, land speeders are going to go away. And so now you're going to have the larger footprint storm speeders, or you're going to have this option of invader ATVs, which they're small and they're cheap at 70 points. And I think they're going to be good for mission play. Thoughts? Well, I actually like a captain on bike with outriders on bikes with, um, yeah, one of those guys. I think that's pretty cool. Good. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. And then, yeah, there's obviously there's two pages of, of, uh, you know, Points changes, so we'll let you all go through those at your own. Um, space Wolves. Ah, of course, Space Wolves. Can't get a break. But everything's down for Space Wolves, and they're actually ironic. Yeah. They're, they're actually performing well at the moment, but it's not because of their army rule. And I think of the balance day, it's like this is a wish I would have loved to see their army rule changed. Um, you know, their detachment rule, I think that needed some help. Um, because everyone at the moment, if you're, if you're a Space Wolf player, you're just taking Gladius Task Force. And now you've now just got cheaper Thunderwolf Cavalry that are good and all your characters are cheaper. And some of those other units that work well, like Aggressors and Blade Guard, are also down. So, yeah, like the package of Blade Guard and Ragnar, that's down. So, on the whole, some great changes for Space Wolves players. It's just not quite lore driven where you want to play your detachment. It's I'm playing Gladius, which it doesn't, it's not quite as cool, is it? Let's be honest. Right. What's next? No, agreed. But Thunderwolf Cavalry at 30 points per model does look kind of tasty. If you're, if anyway. you're a space wolf player, there's, yeah, you know. All right. Uh, now, my beloved greater good, and I can tell you because I ran the the, the math when this came out yesterday, uh, or day before yesterday. Um, my list came down 285 points. So, yeah, that should that should right there. And and yes, admittedly, I don't play the most competitive lists all the time, but like I didn't have any. My list did not have my my LSL list did not have any. Um, crisis suits in it at all. I did. I had no crisis battle suits, none, zero, and no commander, no no regular guys. Um, now I have enough points to put in a three man crisis suit team and a cold star commander or a, an enforcer commander. So, mm, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I think tower big winner. Some significant points drops here. So. Huge. Yeah. I yeah, really my my out. beloved storm surge came down sixty five points from four sixty five to an even four hundred. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Nice. So, um, yeah. All right. Um, so if you're a Tau player, 
get to get bust out your spreadsheets or or get on the uh, 40k app whatever um restart recalculating your points this is a good time to be alive for us too all right thousand suns i feel like thousand suns before you say anything let me just my my initial take and you tell me if i'm right or wrong my initial take is that thousand suns were kind of on the cusp of greatness and they were they were kind of a high they were an A-tier list that was just being kind of held down by GSC and, and Eldari. Now, they've been pushed down sort of into the middle of the pack. Um, I still think they're looking good, if I'm honest. Um, their characters have come up. The Mortalith Beast went up a little bit. Could Probably could have got up more. Um, they won't be able to Overwatch three times a turn, so that'll be nice. But I think Rubric Marines are still good. <laughs> you know, I actually think they're going to do okay. I really do because I think yeah, Eldar were keeping them down a lot, um, and they were actually a good counter to GSC. But I think yeah, they're going to be okay. Thousand Suns, you're fine. The demon characters though that they were taking, like the Changeling, went up a little bit, so that will help. Um, you know, I think you just lose a couple of your demon allied units, but I think the the list largely remains the same. Yeah. The only problem is, is that without the, the demon units, Thousand Suns lack a little bit of speed, unless you're putting in a demon prince with wings or something. So, But then they can deep strike a lot and they can redeploy. And they can actually double move units, so it's okay. They'll be, they'll be just fine, I think. They'll have to take a rhino, okay. like everybody else. Yes, it, it, we, we are back in the transport meta, so embrace it. All right, um, Tyranids. Now, just to be clear, and GW said this very clearly online, and I'm going to say it for everybody that didn't get a chance to peruse Warcom. The points in this Munitarum field manual do apply and trump, sorry, I don't want to use that word right now, do take precedence or priority over what's in the codex. So this Munitarum field manual, these are the correct points, not what's in the codex. So with that said, Tyrion has got some points changes. Yes. Um... Yeah, they have had some pretty big points changes, I think. Um, the Tyrann effects considerably up, Biovores up. Um, I don't understand why the warriors, the combat warriors, are more expensive than the shooting warriors because the shooting warriors are just better. Right. Um, I think the Norn, I, I think Michael's looking at the Norn Assimilator looking really as a good unit. I think he's actually had a lot of heat and a lot of people saying he's terrible, but I think Michael really likes it as a unit and we'll see him play him to great effect, I'm sure. I think Death it's Leaper. It's a gorgeous model. It is. Uh, like I think Death Leaper at 70 points and Lictors at 60 for lone operator characters are stupid good. Like ridiculously. They are so cheap. Um, so yeah, I think Tyranids will be just fine. It's probably one of the strongest armies right now. So yeah. And I think the Maliceptor yeah. only went up like 10 points. That unit is great. It's a good book. And it's got I think the points will be just fine. Yeah. Like maybe not in uh, what I mean is like maybe not enough. Yeah, you know I mean I think if if you're a Tyranid player, you should be very happy. I don't. Even, I think the points could be more aggressive for the strength yeah. for the faction. But that's my initial response. Let's let's see how tournaments play out, and time will tell. Indeed, um, but it, yeah, it's it's. It, I, I think Tyranids are looking real good. All right, moving on. Uh, also, the um. Detached, this is the only faction I noticed where the enhancements changed cost. So all of the, for Tyranids, just as a, just a quick uh, ending note, um, every single enhancement changed 
every single, the four enhancements that you already had, and as well as all the ones in the book, they've all changed points cost a little bit. So um, make sure you double check your enhancement cost too. All right. Last but certainly not least, world leaders. Yeah, great. So world leaders, all the characters are down except Angron. Um, and Berserkers are down there, 200 points now for uh, 10, which is cool. Um, and then, yeah, you're looking at 8-bound and Exalted. 8-bound have come down considerably. So I think my list gained around 200 points um, that I was running. I wasn't actually running Angron, so my list came down quite a lot more because I didn't have him in the list. So yeah, an extra unit of World Eaters went into my army, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know if it's enough to make them hang with the big leagues, but I think they'll still see some improvements on the table, which is cool. And some more mission playing units, which is sometimes one of the things they needed most. So, hey, might even be worth taking a Land Raider as well, because they've also come down too. So, yeah, on the whole, I think World Eaters players, those guys are always happy. And you're going to be even happier. Yep, always happy. Um, all right, except now we're not happy because we're almost done. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, though, for our third sponsor of the day, Siege Studio. And now for a word from our sponsor, Siege Studios. They are the experts in providing professional miniature painting services, ensuring your armies always look their best on the battlefield. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, Siege Studios can help bring your miniatures to life. Don't miss out on their quality craftsmanship. All right, we are back, and I got a real quick uh, rules or question for you today, Steve, before we get out of here. Uh, Aaron Leahy uh, asked on the community Facebook page, he said he was, oh, that's right, Did he, they're, See, I was like, I was psychic about the Agents of Imperium question. I he I had put in his question about whether or not you can run an Agents of the Imperium army. Is that and I will. So, Aaron, I'm going to. Yeah, we couldn't figure it out. I'm going to do some more research, Aaron, and I will either DM you directly or I'll put your answer in the competitive uh, in the Facebook page group where you asked your question. So um, anyway, never mind. Don't have rules or a question because we already talked about it. Right. So, well, in that being we're said, well prepared for today. With, with that, that being, being said. With that being said, um, I think I am going to keep the academy open until the enrollment is going to close on the academy. What's the date today? It is currently the ninth ninth today. Enrollment for the academy is going to close on the 17th of September. Okay. Um, And the reason why is because the balance date slate is out. Loads more people are super excited to play. We don't, and I know I've had people messaging me and emailing me saying, hey, you know, the academy's still open for enrollment. So you're going to have until the 17th of September to enroll on the academy. It is going to be awesome. I'm super thrilled because the balance date slate is out. And I know many, many people are. I think the game's going to be in a much healthier, happier place. And we're excited to see a lot more students into the academy. And, uh, you know, what we're providing right now with the Academy is awesome. The feedback's been great. The Discord is buzzing. So far, we're currently uh, in week one. So if you sign up next week, it's not a problem. You'll easily be able to catch up on the modules that have been released so far. And also what I'm going to do is extend everybody's community access by an additional two more weeks as well. So instead of getting 16 weeks on the uh, community in the Discord, you're going to get 18 weeks okay, to, to make sure that everybody... Uh, who signs up gets the full 16 weeks of community access. All right. Uh, So yeah, everything will be a little bit longer for everybody. So anyway, thank you so much, Dave, for your time tonight or today. And um, yeah, if you want to join the Academy, just head over to our website and grab your space. It's four installments and we'd love to see you there. Do it. And if you're going to be in the London area at the end of September, don't forget to sign up for the workshop uh, at LGT. It is absolutely a good time. I won't be able to be there this year. I'm committing to being there next year, but 
Um, but everybody else from Team VT pretty much will be there. So if you have a faction specialist that you want to talk to, they'll pretty much all be there. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for giving us your time and your attention. We appreciate you always. Uh, we hope that we've unraveled the new rules changes for you so that we you can go forth to your next event feeling a little clearer on these changes and a little perhaps a bit a bit more optimistic about your chances of having a good time at, at your next few events. Uh, we still, like I said, we're going to still try to record the Tyranids Codex. I think um, Mike and I are going to try to do that tomorrow. So hopefully that will come out shortly after this episode. Um, and if you, uh, you know, are going to in the, in the UK area, there's a lot of events right now. Uh, so, you know, check them out. Go online, go on, on BCP or whatever and uh, find some events and go, go play some games. We're, we're, in a, we're in a good world right now and, and things are going to be changing. So now's your chance to, to have a say on what that meta is going to look like. So, um, I also think you and I are going to do a LGT prep episode in a couple of weeks, right? Yep, we'll do that. Go over the army list yep. and stuff in how I'm preparing, yeah. Yep. But anyway, guys, cool. thanks so much, and yeah, see you all soon. Yep. Uh, until then, this is Dave Calmel for Steven Box and all of Vanguard Tactics saying, sometimes even the right reasons have the wrong consequences. Take care. Bye. 